0: Hi, David Dennis here. Before we get started on today's podcast, I wanted to take just a moment to invite all the men listening to join us at our annual Kansas Navigator Spring Men's Retreat. This will be at the beautiful Crosswind Conference Center in Heston, Kansas on Friday evening and Saturday, April 12 and 13, 2024. Our speaker this year is Mr. James Carter, the Ministry Director for the Kansas City Navigators. James is an excellent and dynamic speaker and will be addressing the topic, Making Disciples Like Jesus. Now, there is limited seating available, so be sure to sign up today at the link in the show notes. Complete information on the retreat will be found on our website at kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. That's kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. You won't want to miss this wonderful time of great fellowship, Food, fun, and encouragement from God's Word. See you in Heston. Why is there often a disconnect between my intentions, that is what I know I should be doing, and want to do, and my actions? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is the third of three podcasts that begin to look at the issue of that disconnect that we so often see, not only in other people, but ourselves as well. You know, in this series, we've been looking at some of the reasons why our behavior doesn't match up with Scripture. Last time, we looked at three possible reasons, which I'm going to review right now why this is true. First of all, we may simply not know Scripture well enough. We may be babes in Christ. We haven't grown in our maturity. As newborn babes, it takes a while to take in the solid uh, meat of God's Word, but we need to do this every day. So the first reason is we may simply not know what Scripture says. Number two, society and culture is very powerful and pushes us at times to believe untruths. I mentioned the passage in Isaiah 66, verses 1 and 2, which really spoke to me on this topic. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. He ends that in verse 2, on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Do I tremble at God's word? Do I take it seriously? Or do I tremble at public opinion? So the second possible reason is that society and culture may push us to believe untruths rather than looking at God's Word. The third possible reason is that we may not be exercising our spiritual muscles. James reminds us that we need to submit to God but resist the devil. That takes intentionality, it takes deliberateness, and it takes strength to say no to temptation. If you know you're going to be in a situation of temptation, plan for a way of escape, First 1 Corinthians 10.13. God gives us the strength to avoid this and to say no to sin. So three more reasons besides those three are the following. Number four, we love ourselves more than we love and want to obey, obey Jesus and His Word. Self-protection, self-love is a very seductive and powerful force, isn't it? We might think we deserve to let our guard down. We deserve just a bit of personal pleasure, even if it is illicit. We wrongly think, oh, we've worked hard, we're under pressure, it's justified for me to love myself every now and then. You know, John 14.21 reminds us that our love for Christ is shown by our obedience to Him. This does not mean that if, you're, if you disobey Christ that we're not a believer. Uh, we place our faith in Jesus alone for eternal life, and at that moment we are made new. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside us and renews that inner man that we talked about last time. This passage in John fourteen twenty one is really addressed to believers, and it talks about our sanctification, our daily walk. We show our love for Christ by obedience. Unfortunately, I may not always love Christ as I should, even as a believer. When I don't obey, that shows that at that time in my life, I am not loving Him as I should. But do I really love Jesus in this action, what I'm doing, this attitude or this thought, or am I loving myself? So that's the first question I would ask when we see that disconnect. Am I loving myself or am I loving Jesus? We may love ourselves more than we love and want to obey Jesus and His Word. Number five, we haven't learned how to apply scriptural principles. We haven't learned how to apply scriptural principles. It's really a matter of maturity, isn't it? You know, someone recently told me that they don't read the Bible anymore because, quote, it goes in one ear and out the other, end quote. How sad. Reading and application takes practice and effort. It may not come naturally, and it probably doesn't for most of us, in fact. Sometimes people in a high-intensity profession like the military, uh, combat situations, firemen, placement and so on, learn how to dissociate themselves from the pressure. And I think too often we read Scripture that way as well. We dissociate what we're reading from what we really need to apply to our lives. We may take it in intellectually, but fail to translate that to our own lives in a real and practical way. Paul tells Timothy that the goal of their instruction is not just head knowledge, but it's love. 1 Timothy 1.5 says, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. So this skill of learning how to apply God's Word takes practice and intentionality. This is another purpose or reason for being in a discipleship relationship. Another, sorry, another believer can encourage you, teach you, and help you in this skill of application. And often it does take another person to do that. So number four was we love ourselves more than we love and want to obey Jesus and his word. Number five, we just haven't learned how to apply scriptural principles. We may need someone to help us learn that. And number six, and I think this is a really big one, we don't realize we act this way. We think that we are pretty good people already. In other words, we're blind to our sinfulness. The Bible talks about spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness is tragic. Often in Scripture, spiritual blindness refers to those who don't know the Lord, who are not believers yet. In uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4, Paul says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So Paul says that Satan may blind the eyes of those who don't believe, and they can't see uh, the beautiful glory of Christ, the image of God, so that it should shine on them. Also, 1 Corinthians 1.18, Paul says, "...for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing." It's foolishness. We're blinded to what the uh, Scripture says. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We as believers also, however, may be deluded into thinking that we are better than we really are. You know, I think of that Pharisee who prayed, thanking God that he was not like all those other sinners out there. Luke 18, verses 11 12 say, The Pharisee stood and began praying this in regard to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, crooked, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. The Pharisee went on to say, I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. We must not be deluded into thinking that we're too good to be humble, that the problem is always with those other people out there. You know, also, there's an example in the book of Revelation about people who thought they were better than they really were. The church at Laodicea was one such group. This was a group of believers, a church. And they talk, they're they talked about in Revelation 3, verses 14 through 22 by the Apostle John. The Laodiceans considered themselves, quote, rich wealthy and having no need for anything," end quote. yet Jesus called them quote, "wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked." End quote. Paul admonishes the Roman believers in Romans 12 to not think more highly than they ought to think. Romans 12:3 For through the grace of God Given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. So I would ask, are you and I blinded to these sinful behaviors and attitudes? Do we think that we're pretty good people already? Or do we need to step back and say, now wait a minute, is that really what God is teaching? Is that what God wants me to do? Is that how He wants me to behave? So that's the sixth reason we don't realize that we act this way. Instead, we think that we're pretty good people. One reason for our actions not meeting up with our intentions is that we are blind to what we are doing. So with those six things in mind, what are some practical ways we can make our actions more consistent with our intentions? These are just some suggestions. Number one Make sure that you have truly placed your faith in Jesus Christ alone for eternal life. Don't depend on your own behavior, your own goodness, the good things that you are doing to please the Lord or to follow Him, but we really must place our faith, only our faith, in Christ alone for eternal life. I think the questions that um, Evangelism Explosion asked are very critical. I think the first one was. If you die tonight, do you know with certainty where you would go? And the second question was if you died and stood before God at heaven's gate and he would ask, Why should I let you into my kingdom? What would you say? If your answer included anything about what a good person you are, what good you've done, what uh, things you've done to please the Lord, and so on, then you really don't understand the gospel. The only true, valid, heartfelt answer to that question is the blood of Jesus Christ. I have believed in Him, Him alone for eternal life, and He has saved me. Nothing that I have done is worthy of that. So what if you don't know if you have um, placed your faith in Christ alone for eternal life? Um, One thing I would suggest is that you simply pray about it and read the Gospel of John carefully and closely, asking the Holy Spirit to make it clear to you. So that's the first thing. Make sure that you have placed your faith in Christ alone for eternal life. Number two, prayerfully ask God to show you what you need to do. Do you need to learn His Word more in depth? Well, perhaps get into a Bible reading plan or ask someone to read Scripture with you uh, on a regular basis or teach you how to do that. So prayerfully ask God to show you what you need to do. Number three, be ruthless in honestly evaluating cultural issues and ask how they align with God's Word. Pray for wisdom in discerning man's philosophy versus the Word of God. Do we need to tremble at God's Word more? Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. Number four, watch out for temptation and plan for ways of escape. Exercise your spiritual muscles in saying an absolute no to sin. Don't let it have a foothold in your life. Number five, confess an attitude of self-protection and seek to honor Jesus first. This will likely require another believer to work through this with you so you can see your attitudes and actions from a fresh perspective. Do you have marital discord? Seek a good Christian counselor or pastor. So confess an attitude of self-protection and seek to honor Jesus first. Number six, confess an attitude of Phariseeism, that you are a pretty good person already because of all the things that you do. Humbly be open to correction and encouragement to walk with the Lord. So those are six suggestions. Number one, again, make sure that you have placed your faith in Christ alone for eternal life. Number two, prayerfully ask God to show you what you need to do. Number three, be ruthless in honestly evaluating cultural issues and ask how they align with God's word. Number four, watch out for temptation and plan for ways of escape. Exercise those spiritual muscles in saying no to sin. Jerry Bridges brought that out in his book, Pursuit of Holiness. We need to pray not so much for victory over sin, although that's fine to pray for, but we simply need to obey Him more. Number five, confess an attitude of self-protection and seek to honor Jesus first. Number six, confess an attitude of Phariseeism, that we're already a pretty good person. humbly be open to correction and encouragement to walk with the Lord. You know, I think each of these suggestions are best done in the context of fellowship with other believers. It's in the context of regular Bible reading and application with another believer. This other person doesn't need to be more mature than you, although that helps, but I would urge you just to pray for someone to come into your life that you can meet with, develop a relationship with, a trust with, and that you can encourage each other in your walk with the Lord so you can mutually grow in these areas. I think this whole concept of the consistency of our lives, or how we integrate our behavior with our beliefs, is very difficult. It's complex. And I imagine it affects some people more than others. The more critical or maybe obsessive, compulsive, or sensitive a person may be, um, the more this bothers them. I would urge each of us, however, not to bring out our judgmental whip when we see other people, other believers stumble. Remember that we all do stumble from time to time. Remember to be patient with them. Be patient with yourself. Remember that God does love you and he will never stop loving you. He knows our weaknesses. Psalm 103 verse 14 is an excellent verse to remember. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. I urge you to use these failings, stumblings, inconsistencies, in other people's lives and in our own lives to pray for and seek a discipling relationship with someone or perhaps initiate being that person who comes alongside of someone else. I hope this has been helpful to you these past three episodes. If you missed any of them, obviously you can go back and uh, catch part one and part two as well. Well, we ask you to join us next time as we together learn more about being and making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the Navigators, nor of the Kansas community's ministry. Thank you for listening.